Welcome back to my podcast, Great Stories About Great Storytellers, where I share the interesting and sometimes weird backstories of famous authors, directors, and poets. This episode, I'll reveal a little-known anecdote about one of the best-known classic American writers, Edgar Allan Poe. Before I became a best-selling author with my Haunted Shore Mysteries, <laughs> and more than a few years ago, I was a high school English teacher. When I started, I was excited about the opportunity to open students' minds to the beauty, power, and wisdom of classic literature. <laughs> well, yeah, let's just say that teenagers did not share my enthusiasm about reading and studying anything older than them, <laughs> not to mention more than 100 years older. Boring, as the kids would say. That was true about almost all classic literature, except for studying Edgar Allan Poe. I'm not sure if it was because the students could identify with Poe's tortured youth, or they got lost in the many mysteries about his life, or they just dug the dark themes of death and deprivation of his work, but students' attention was always better when we got the lessons on Poe. Edgar Allan Poe, 1809 to 1849, had a particularly rough start in life, losing both parents before he was three years old. Taken in but never officially adopted by a wealthy merchant, John Allen, Poe battled much of the time with his stingy uh, adopted father, though Poe took the Allen surname and his middle name. Through the years, Poe suffered more than his share of setbacks and disappointments, such as being court-martialed out of West Point, gambling his way out of college, and being fired from his job as editor. He also suffered from alcoholism and depression most of his life. But from an early age, Poe wanted to be a writer, and once he put pen to paper, he piled up quite the literary accomplishments. He's regarded as the architect of the modern short story, with masterful tales like The Black Cat and The Gold Bug. In fact, Edgar Allan Poe believed that authors shouldn't write and publish anything that could not be read in one sitting. <laughs> My students love that sentiment. Poe also proved to be an early master of tales of the macabre, with really creepy stories like the premature burial, the cask of the Amontillado, and the pit and the pendulum. Along with fellow writers like Mary Shelley, the author, the author of the novel Frankenstein, Poe gave birth to one of the most popular genres today, horror. And his Murders in the Rue Morgue is considered the first detective story and greatly influenced the storyteller I profiled earlier, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Here are Doyle's own words. Where was the detective story until Poe breathed the breath of life into it? In fact, Poe is so respected as a great storyteller that today the highest award in mystery writing is named after him, the Edgar. How I'd love for my novels to be in that competition. But a side of Poe not as well known is his remarkable talent as a poet. Readers who know Poe, the poet, usually identify his signature work, The Raven, a narrative poem about a spooky talking raven 
who taunts a forlorn lover with the famous warning, Nevermore. That poem brought Poe critical acclaim and considerable fame, though sadly not much money, and is usually the most studied. But the master of literary darkness, misery, and sorrow also had a softer side. While never completely losing that melancholy tinge, his love poems highlight beauty, unselfish love, dedication, and sacrifice. Not what you'd expect from the mind who gave us the heart that still beats after death to mock its murderer in the telltale heart. My favorite Poe work is actually a love poem entitled Annabelle Lee. And I have an intriguing story about its possible origin I think you might enjoy. To get to that, I'd like to share part of this poem with you, and I'll try to do it justice. Annabelle Lee by Edgar Allan Poe. It was many and many a year ago in a kingdom by the sea that a maiden there lived whom you may know by the name of Annabelle Lee. This maiden she lived with no other thought than to love and be loved by me. I was a child and she was a child in this kingdom by the sea, but we love with a love that was more than love, I and my Annabelle Lee. With a love that the winged seraphs of heaven coveted her and me. And that was the reason that long ago in this kingdom by the sea, a wind blew out of a cloud chilling my beautiful Annabelle Lee, so that her high-born kinsmen came and bore her away from me to shut her up in a sepulcher in this kingdom by the sea. But our love, it was stronger by far than the love of those older than we, of many far wiser than we. And neither the angels in heaven above nor the demons down under the sea can ever dissever my soul from the soul of the beautiful Annabelle Lee. For the moon never beams without bringing me dreams of the beautiful Annabelle Lee. And the stars never rise, but I feel the bright eyes of the beautiful Annabelle Lee. And so all the night tide, I lie down by the side of my darling, my darling, my life and my bride in her sepulcher there by the sea in her tomb by the sounding sea. A truly beautiful poem, don't you agree? Like many events in Poe's life and a number of his works, the story behind Annabelle Lee is shrouded in mystery. After a word from this episode's sponsor, I'll share with you more about this remarkable poem and a possible and intriguing origin story. If you haven't heard of bedside reading, now is the time. They specialize in out-of-the-box book marketing. They believe readers want to discover new authors and great books. Here's what they do. They place books where they are visible and accessible to the readers, at five-star hotels, in the media, and at events. Want to join them? It's easy. Go to bedsidereading.com and click the apply button. Back to our story about a great storyteller. During the 1830s and 1840s, Edgar Allan Poe made a literary name for himself, served as editor of several journals, and was even the first writer to actually earn a living as a writer, though it might be better described as a starving artist's life. 
Still, much of his life is steeped in mystery, like his death. He died on October 3, 1849 in Baltimore. Of that much we know. But we have no idea what he was doing in Baltimore. You see, he was on his way from Richmond, Virginia to Philadelphia to take a new job. Or exactly how he died. Experts have posited theories including death by alcohol poisoning because of his addiction, suicide because he was dealing with depression from the loss of his wife, and even more recently, death from rabies based on some forensic evidence. Strange, right? The origin and meaning of the poem, Annabelle Lee, is just as mysterious. It was written in 1849, shortly before Poe's death, but Poe experts are divided about the story behind the poem. Many believe Annabelle Lee is a reference to Virginia Eliza Clem, Poe's wife, who had died only two years earlier. After all, she was literally a child when Poe married her, only 13, and did I mention Virginia was also Poe's first cousin? Weird, huh? But I've uncovered a different explanation about this remarkable poem I found intriguing and thought you might as well. Poe joined the Army at the age of 18 and, from the records, did quite well and moved up the ranks to Sergeant Major in only two years. His two-year posting in Charleston, North Carolina, Poe's Kingdom by the Sea, is where the origin of Annabelle Lee may lie. While stationed at the seaport, Poe did what soldiers and sailors always do. On leave, he wandered into town and mixed with the locals. Among Charlestonians, there is a story of famous lovers that had circulated for 200 years. Local lore claims that the young and handsome soldier, Poe, met the daughter of a wealthy land and slave owner, a young lady by the name of Anna. As the story goes, the two fell madly in love, just like it says in the first stanza. It was many and many a year ago in a kingdom by the sea that a maiden there lived who you may know by the name of Annabelle Lee. And this maiden she lived with no other thought than to love and be loved by me. Of course, Anna's father believed her daughter could do far better than some penniless northerner. Undeterred, Edgar and Anna plotted to run away and get married. Poe was going to desert the army and Anna was going to leave her family. But Anna's father uncovered the scheme and, before they could make their getaway, he caught Anna and kept her home and she could not leave. While locked in the southern plantation house, Anna fell ill with tuberculosis, probably brought into town from one of the ships in the harbor, and died, as Poe would write, the wind blew out of the, a cloud, chilling my Annabelle Lee. A few days later, she was buried in a family crypt in downtown Charleston. There is no record of this affair, no surviving love letters or journals, so there is no way to verify these details, except that we know Poe left his post in Charleston rather abruptly in 1829 and entered West Point Academy. And according to the locals in this charming southern town, if you stroll through this famous cemetery, on a sultry summer evening, you're apt to encounter the ghosts of two young lovers in an anxious embrace, embrace atop the sepulcher in this kingdom by the sea. I told you, intriguing. When I was doing the research for this episode, I encountered several stirring audio versions of Annabelle Lee 
the narrator's doing the work far more justice than I. You might enjoy checking one of them out. If you enjoy intriguing tales by the sea, and if audio is your thing, you're going to love the audio versions of any of my three haunted shore mysteries. Each novel, Blood on the Chesapeake, Crimson at Cape May, and Scarlet at Crystal River, is now available on audio. These stories are expertly narrated by Richard Gariffo, who truly makes each tale come to life right before your ears. You can get more information about all three award-winning novels, each available in print, ebook, and audio, on my website, www.authorrandyoverbeck.com. There you can also access more episodes of Great Stories about great storytellers. By the way, you're not going to want to miss the next episode, where I'll share the interesting story behind the famous children's author, Roald Dahl, author of James and the Giant Peach. Until then... Keep reading those great stories.